Hello, baddies and laddies, and welcome to the Princess Pear Podcast. I am, of course, your lovely host, Miss Princess Pear. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. I've had a pretty chill day, just, you know, doing school, getting ready to work out after this, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, how are you guys doing? I always ask that, like, expecting anybody to, like, reply, but, like, I'm always filming these alone, so I could be creepy if someone replied, you know, so, just a little, just a little thought with me, (laughs) but yeah, today we're doing a very special episode, I feel like I've looked through a lot of my episodes, and I feel like I share a lot about myself and a lot of the things that are important to me, but they haven't shared much about, like, my faith since that point, since this point, sorry, and so today I'm doing a very special episode on, like, what my testimony is, and my, um, I have, like, a radical miracle in my life, so, you know, I thought this would be a great time for me to share it with you guys. So, let's start, let's start where most stories begin at the beginning. So, growing up, I was, you know, a very healthy and happy kid. I grew up in a family that loved Jesus. I really am so thankful for the family that I grew up in because we wouldn't have been able to get through what we'd gone through if that wasn't a constant in our lives. So, our our story at the beginning of my miracle story per se it starts my the the middle of my first grade year so i can remember the day very clearly we were sitting down in class you know we had just practiced practiced i don't know addition let's say i don't remember what specifically it was but we sat down to read the story so we're sitting there and i'm enjoying the story you know i'm a very good kid i loved my teacher trying to listen and absorb every bit of information that he's sharing and so I'm sitting there and I black out completely and I kind of come to and I'm like well that was very peculiar so I like feel that there I like have drool on my face I'm like well that's like embarrassing because obviously I'm a elementary school socialite I can't have anyone see me like this so I kind of got myself together and was like okay that's weird I'm also six years old this time, so I'm not thinking straight to, like, oh my gosh, what's going on with me? I'm thinking, like, okay, that was weird. Like, let's just continue on with life. You know, I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't sleep that good last night. Maybe I, like, you know, zoned out. Maybe I fell asleep. You know, all of these mildly believable things. So, you know, don't have any more of that blacking out feeling. And so I think it was a few weeks, maybe a month later, I was sitting in the kitchen with my mom. We're making brownies. We had somewhere to go right after. So, you know, we're moving, moving quickly and we're sitting there just talking. And it happens again. This time I didn't black out. This time it was a completely different feeling. So I'm sitting there and the side of my face, well, really all of my, all of my face, like the bottom of my nose went like numb. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't talk. I couldn't control what my mouth was doing. I'd try to talk, and it was like I was speaking, like, a different language almost. I mean, not like that. It was like I couldn't move my mouth, so all of my language was, like, slurred. I really couldn't 
nobody could understand what I'm saying, and it was a very difficult and scary feeling for me to feel, obviously. So after I had gotten the feeling back in my face, maybe after a minute or two, my mom was asking questions like, hey, has this ever happened before? What did it feel like? What's going on? Are you joking? Like, are you, what's going on? And so I was like, no, I'm not joking. This happens before. This has happened before. I was in, you know, my teacher's class and I blacked out. And so that's obviously obviously sending off like red flags in her head. So she's like, okay, that's, let's figure this out. Let's go to the hospital. And let's figure out what's going on with you. So we go to the hospital. And so they had to do one of those uh, like brain scans, EKGs. And so they do that. It's not a very fun thing for a child to do because you have to, you know, stay up all night so that you can sleep during the EKG. So I'm laying there on the table and I'm, you know, since a young age, I've already, ha- I already had kind of a problem with worry. So I'm sitting there I'm like, what's going on with me? Like, what's going on? You know? I had zero answers because I was a child and also nobody around me had answers either. So they scan your brain while you're asleep. So so there's nothing like, no flashing lights, nothing like that. They did that part where I was sleeping and then they did like flashing lights to simulate what might have been causing what was going on with me. So I did, they did a couple of those tests and then, so we were in the hospital and we finally got our diagnosis and it came back that I had benign childhood Rolandic seizure disorder. So to kind of, un- to help you guys understand that for those that maybe don't understand what those words mean, uh, so there's benign, which means not deadly. It wasn't hurting me. I'm not going to die because of this. Childhood just means that I, at some point they were assuming I would grow out of this. Rolandic is the part of the brain that the seizure was happening in. So they kind of explained it to me as a young kid as like if two pieces of your brain were hitting each other, like they're supposed to kind of naturally, and then if they were just missing and not hitting each other for like two minutes while you're having a seizure, and then they go back. So I was losing control of the bottom of my face. So I had a couple more of those, not in that time frame, but that was kind of the every time feeling now. I had I didn't black out anymore. That was like the constant feeling I had during these seizures. So we found a medication that we were able to control it with for the most part. You know, I was on the medication for a year. It didn't really affect my daily life. I was having one once in a while. It was more embarrassing than anything. I would, nobody understood what was going on, so I'd try to explain to people, even when I was, like, six years old after I got my diagnosis, that, like, I'm not, it's not an allergic reaction, a lot of people thought that, it's not an allergic reaction, nothing's, like, happening to me, I'm okay, but it was scary, and it was embarrassing, especially, to have to, like, explain that to people, and that, like, sleepovers having to take medication, so we were able to control it and our my dosages kind of went up if they were seeing I was having more seizures during that time it was also tied to stress and like lack of water and things like that but we knew after I was you know everything else was the same in my life we saw that I was still having some so we upped my dosage on the medication so it was working for a year we had very little like problems in the middle of that um and then it kind of stopped working a couple a year later.
So I was still taking the medication, quite a bit of it. I had upped my dose from like half a half a pill to two pills. So it was quite a large dosage upage that the doctor had recommended. So there was a point in my life where I was having five seizures in a week, which maybe for some people that may sound like normal and that could be normal for some people with epilepsy. But for me, that was nowhere near normal. I was having one maybe once a month. And we had gone to a point in my school year where I had to get picked up every day early from school because I had a seizure every single day. So at this point, we're kind of, like, stumped. We have no idea what's going on. We have no idea why this is happening again. So as I said in the beginning of this right now, my mom and my family has all had a, like, especially strong relationship with the Lord. We had a great church that we were going to. So my mom had always kind of brought up that this issue was going on. We prayed for it. We weren't really seeing, like, a breakthrough at this point. But my mom, one of these days, had walked into church. She had already dropped me off in kids' church, so I wasn't there at that point. But she was talking to a family friend, and she randomly asked me, like, hey, can I can I pray for your daughter? She had asked my mom, can I pray for your daughter? And at this point, my mom had kind of already understood what was going on with me. She understood this was going on. It was no longer made her emotional. And at that point, she just like broke down. So she saw that there was something else going in here. So we talked to her. My mom had talked to me about, she's going to come over and pray for you. It was never said that anything was going to happen. I was just told that like, you know, she's going to come over and pray with us. You know, a fairly normal thing in my house growing up. We always had people coming in Bible studies, (laughs) Bible studies all the time. But yeah so she came in she prayed with me we read some books it was really like a normal a normal conversation we just prayed she prayed silently no words were spoken and so we just kind of sat there for a little bit and afterwards i just looked at my mom and said like i i feel i feel better and at that point i have not had a seizure since So I was healed in that very moment. And it was scary because we made a choice to, like, stop the medication, thinking that there might be, like, another seizure that happened. For me, luckily, I didn't have to worry about my safety stopping that. So once I stopped that, it was kind of the point that I took that was like, okay, I no longer have to worry about that. And it was such a miraculous thing for me that I still celebrate it. Like, years later, it's been nine years now. And so I was was healed on January 6th. Oh, I have, like, chills. Every time I talk about this, like, years later, it's my life, I still get. I still get chills. Um, sorry. But yeah. I was lucky enough to experience a huge miracle in my life that reminds me of God's grace and power. And even because of that, I still had points in my life where I doubted it. I doubted that my seizures weren't going to come back again. I doubted that like what other people 
were telling me about what's happening in my brain was what was going to happen. And I'm in no way saying that what they were saying was incorrect because they were looking at my brain and seeing that I was still having these seizures, that nothing had changed in my brain. So I went in to get another EKG, whatever they're called, and they scanned my brain. And so they just said, like, in passing, like, oh, nothing has, nothing has changed in her brain. You know, the seizures are still happening. She hasn't grown out of it yet. And that was a point where I was no longer having seizures. So I just went in the parking lot with walking with my mom and I just broke down. And I was so scared that, like, what that meant is that these were coming back. Like, I wasn't actually healed. Like, I wasn't actually going to be okay. You know? And my mom just looked at me. She held my hand and she said, they don't know. They don't know. And it was scary. Like, I'm not going to underestimate, like, the doubting I had. And that's, like, not easy to admit. Because it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, this miraculous thing happened to me. Obviously, I'm still going to believe. Obviously, I'm still going to, you know, use this for the rest of my life and never let you lose faith because he did this amazing thing for me. I'm so thankful to have that in my life and have that as a driving force. That, like, I, I know that this isn't just something I made up. I know that this isn't just, like, I wasn't brainwashed. You know, I have a a clear thing to look at whenever I doubt. And I still have had problems with that. You know, I even in passing have problems with like, I'll think, uh, like I'll walk through something with flashing lights and I'll like, my body will have a reaction that's like terrified that like I'm going to have another seizure or it's going to come back. And that's, I haven't had this seizure for years. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. But there's still like a doubt that can overcome me. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to have those doubting feelings sometimes. But it's important to look back at what has happened and what the truth is. And even in that scenario where I've had a miraculous thing that I can look back at and that people in my family can look back at that's like driven other people to the Lord. It's still easy to look away from that when bad things are happening. I'm, I was ignoring the mountains that God has moved for me over one pebble in my way. That's like a kind of you know, a silly metaphor to put it to, but that's the best way I've put it. There's this huge thing that I can look at and I'm losing my faith over little things in my way. Like doubting over little things in my way. People not liking me. People being mean to me. The fact that I don't have friends, which are huge things in the scheme of things. And it's okay to be like, hey, this is happening to me. This isn't good. But I can't say that because of these things in my way, that the thing that happened years ago isn't also true and isn't also big. I think back to the story in 
Luke. Uh, Luke 17. Let me see where I am. In Luke 17, the Bible talks about the ten lepers that were healed and the one that came back. For those that maybe don't have a, a knowledge of this story, there's these ten lepers, people that had leprosy, that were outside of the church kind of begging because that was the only thing that they could do. They couldn't touch people. They had to live in these, like, outside of society because they had leprosy. Nobody could be near them. They were, like, outcasts. And so Jesus healed 10 of them, and nine of them ran back to the city, not a thank you, ran back to the city to go like, tell everybody they've been healed and talk about you know, the miracle. They wanted to be reintegrated back into society. And the one came back, the one came back to Jesus, and Jesus asked, this is uh, Luke 17, 19, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So it's very easy to ignore those big things. I think for me, this was a miraculous thing that happened for me. And it's still easy to forget. So what miracles are you are you ignoring? What things in like your life may what may have happened that you're ignoring currently? Miracles don't have to be a huge biblical experience. You don't have to be struck by lightning. You don't have to be raised from the dead. But maybe for you there were some days that you didn't want to be here anymore. But you're still here. Maybe you didn't go somewhere that your friends were asking you to go with because you had this sense in your spirit that said, no, don't, don't get in that car. Or maybe you just got through that season in your life that you had no idea how you were going to get through. Whatever it is in your life, it's important to... Remember those miracles, even the small ones, even the ones that you can blame on luck or, you know, something in your gut. A lot of those times those are, you know, miracles, even as small as they can be. There's been points where I would say, like, I've gotten things I didn't deserve. And I would put those down to miracles. I've gotten jobs, I've gotten opportunities that didn't look like they were going to work out for me. Or there are things in my way that were pointing to I wasn't going to get the job or I wasn't going to be able to get this experience. It's important to remember those. I'm just going to end this by saying, connecting back to the verse that we read in Luke 11. Do you want to be the nine forgetting what God has done for you because you're too scared? Or the one that comes back singing praise? I want to be the one. 
and I would hope that you guys feel the same too. Well, I love you guys, and I really hope that you guys enjoyed me sharing my testimony with you, as scary as it can be sometimes. I know that it's important to share our stories with people and, you know, give people the opportunity to listen. I just want to say thank you all so much for giving me this platform or helping me grow this platform to a place where I have people to talk to and people to listen. And yeah, thank you guys. I hope that you guys enjoy this. I hope that it's interesting. (laughs) I hope that you guys learn something. And even if you didn't, thank you for listening. And thank you for giving me, giving me a chance to share my story with you. Well, I love you guys so much. If you ever want to talk or have any questions, email me at princess podcast at gmail.com well thank you guys so much again i've said thank you so many times but i'm just so thankful that's the overwhelming feeling i have right now i hope this was enjoyable and let me know if you guys like this style of podcast because i have you know lots of stories and lots of testimonies i can share with you guys and yeah bye-bye now